your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, April 20th, 2021. Now nine days away from the 2021 NFL Draft taking place in Cleveland, Ohio. Very excited about that. What will the Raiders do at number 17? What will they do in round two? What will they do in round three? All these questions will be answered sooner rather than later as the draft gets kicked off on April 29th. And uh, we still got a few days before that all happens, that magical Thursday night. And I'll tell you, man, it used to be back in the day, and I know I'm probably aging myself now, but man, it used to be awesome back in the day when the draft was on Saturday morning and you woke up and you grabbed like a 12-pack of beer or an 18 pack of beer or multiple packs of beer and you had your homeboys over the house and you just sat there and watched the draft and I was on the west coast at that time so it was about 10 a.m. Uh, my time and then man we just cracked open that beer and watched the draft all day Saturday all day Sunday that that was a lot of fun now it's in prime time you know the NFL's got to do it big so they got it coming out on Thursday night Friday night and Saturday but either way you look at it man still a great event love what the NFL's doing with the draft and just uh can't wait to see exactly what happens and what goes down Thursday, April 29th. Coming up on today's show in segment number three, I got your text, your call straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Got a lot of feedback to get to. I know Jordan Oregon gave me a call. Got a text from Raider Rick out of Louisville. Ivan Davis from Oakland. Raider Boone. Sean Mann from the Quad City. Sean from Sacramento. Got a lot of feedback to get to on today's show. I'm going to try to get through as many as possible. That's going to come up in segment number three. Segment number two, just going to talk about the draft in general. I still got many. Kuiper Jr. I got his teleconference that I'm going to break down or I have broken down and I want to bring to the show, but I've just been thinking a lot about the draft and the ultimate direction that the Raiders go, regardless if they move up, they move back, whatever they do, man. It's just like they've got to hit on this draft. They've got to come away with at least three starters, in my opinion, in this draft. And I'll talk all about that in segment number two and give you a little bit of feedback that I've been uh, collecting over uh, you know, over the past few days on where Gruden and Mayock, they stand as far as GM and head coach duo and all that other good stuff. There's been a lot of uh, different literature floating around Twitter and the internet just about you know, where they rank right now as far as GMs across the, the league. So uh, we'll talk all about that in segment number two. Here Here's segment number one, news and notes of the day, as I always do, and got a lot to get to, so let's just go ahead and jump right into it. On Monday, got the notification from the Raiders. They sent me an email saying that veteran defensive back Rasul Douglas had been signed. He's 25 years old. He doesn't turn 26 till late August, right before the season starts, and he is now a member of the Silver and Black. The email that they sent said he's 6'2", 209 pounds. He joins the Raiders after playing with the Eagles from 2017 to 2019, and in 2020, played with the Carolina Panthers. He was a Originally, the Eagles' third-round selection in 2017. Uh, he's appeared in 60 games with 29 starts over his first four seasons, had 180 tackles, including 10 for loss, five picks, and 34 passes defense. In six postseason appearance, he's collected 10 stops and one pass defense. 
Something to think about when it comes to Rasul Douglas. He actually started 11 games last year for the Panthers, and they played a lot of cover three. He's a guy who is going to be a definite scheme fit for Gus Bradley's defense as an outside corner. And I know a lot of folks wanted uh, you know, the Raiders to go out and sign Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's 33 years old and only getting older, and he hasn't been healthy for a couple seasons now. I mean, he hasn't been able to stay healthy all season long. So you're getting a 25-year-old dude who played a ton of cover three last year in Carolina, and he can actually compete with Damon Arnett for that outside spot you know and make Damon Arnett go out there and earn it and then on top of that say Douglas wins that spot Damon Arnett as myself and Vinny Bonsignor have talked about it before on the Raider Nation Radio 920 he could actually slide inside to slot corner which is something he did at Ohio State and actually did a really good job with that so I mean there's a lot of different things that you can do in this scenario I know Damon Arnett is the number 19 overall pick from a year ago and everyone wants to see him start and succeed including myself but if you can all of a sudden have Trayvon Mullen out there you can have uh, Rasul Douglas out there playing in a scheme that he's very comfortable with and then Damon Arnett also playing in a slot where he's comfortable as well that could be a win-win-win situation for the Raiders so I think it's a really good signing I know a lot of Raider fans kind of looked at it like oh god Rasul Douglas because he doesn't have the name of Richard Sherman but I'll rather take the guy who's 25 years old and I feel like he still has a couple good quality years ahead of him instead of the guy who's 33 years old and I wonder how many games he's going to be available in 2021 so that's not a slight against Richard Sherman it's just I mean father time is father time and as we all know father time is undefeated so Rasul Douglas now a member of the silver and black also as far as player personnel goes there's a reports out there that the Raiders have interest in Melvin Ingram who played with the Chargers last year but it's got to be for the right price and I think that that makes all the sense in the world of course Melvin Ingram is not a spring chicken but he is a guy that's very familiar with Gus Bradley's defense. And I don't think that you could have enough guys that could be pass rushers. I just don't. He's 31 years old. Matter of fact, he'll turn uh, he'll turn 32 right before the draft starts on April 26th. So, uh, again, if it's the right price, I, I wouldn't want the Raiders to go and break the bank for him. And, of course, they wouldn't do that anyway. They don't have the they don't have the capital to do that, but they don't need to. If the guy wants to go and compete and look for a, and try to get a spot, great. If he doesn't, well, that's okay, too. You know, if he thinks he can get more money somewhere else, so be it. Uh, 2020, he didn't really play a lot for the Chargers. Seven games, only had nine total tackles and no sacks. Uh, 2019, 13 games, he had seven sacks. 2018, uh, 16 games, had seven sacks. Really, his breakout year uh, was 2017 and 2015, where he had 10 and a half sacks, both for the Chargers. Matter of fact, his whole career has been with the Chargers. So, hey, I can see the uh, Raiders bringing in Melvin Ingram, but it would have to be at a very low, basically a veteran minimum as far as I'm concerned. I did want to update you on the Raiders and their OTAs. Phase one of the OTAs that began on Monday. Last week, if you remember, the team voted to skip the in-person phase of the program in favor of all virtual format. But according to Vinny Bonsignor for the Las Vegas Review Journal and also Raider Nation Radio 920, he said, what I'm told is some players have shown up to the facility and Henderson this morning to get work in there. That was one of his tweets. And he said, keep in mind, phase one does not include any in-person on-field football work with coaches. That phase actually begins next month. Right now, it's just supervised weight room work and virtual meetings. So they're not missing a whole lot right now. I know a lot of folks are a little sub, uh, sensitive to that whole subject and uh, don't think that the guys can afford not to be there. But again, it's voluntary workout right now. Uh, a lot of times across the league, you see a lot of guys missing voluntary workout. When uh, push comes to shove and it actually comes down to mandatory time, that's when guys need to be there. That's what I'm most worried about. 
The other thing is the guys that are there, and I know a lot of people hit me up, was like, well, what guys are there? Do you have the names? No, I don't. At some point, it might leak out, but ultimately, the guys that are probably there are the ones that have huge incentives in their contracts that, you know, say if they're there for 90% of the workouts, 90% of the, uh, you know, off-season workout stuff, they'll get a huge escalator in their in their contract. That's the ones that are going to be showing up because it's big-time money. There's actually some guys on the Cowboys that can make up to like $500,000 for being there for the off-season workouts. So, yeah, please believe, I don't care what the situation was. If I can make $500,000 by being there for some off-season voluntary workouts, please believe your boy would be there. So, I mean, that's just kind of the situation. But, uh, yeah, it did get started on Monday. Got a couple more quick notes that I wanted to get to here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Unfortunately, I hate to bring this to the table, but Alden Smith, former 49er, former Raider, former Cowboy, and current Seattle Seahawk, is in trouble again. A arrest warrant was issued on Monday for the arrest of Alden Smith on second-degree battery charge. He allegedly caused severe injuries to a male victim on Saturday, which warranted the judge to sign an arrest warrant on Sunday. He could face up to $2,000 fine and or maximum prison sentence of eight years if convicted of second-degree battery. And I just hate that for Alden because it looked like his year with the Cowboys did him some good and he had stayed out of trouble and he was going on and signing with the Seahawks and maybe he was going to be able to kind of jumpstart his career again, and now he's in trouble. And again, Again, I don't expect him to get busted and have to do an eight-year prison sentence. But at the same time, man, just having his name associated with something legal again is, is an all-bad situation. So Alden Smith, once again, in trouble. We'll see how all this shakes out. And then my final little note, the Dolphins are willing to trade pick number six. As you know, they've been very active in the draft already. They moved back early. They went from, what, three to 12. Now they're up to number six. And uh, apparently, they're not done. According to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, he said the Dolphins have received calls from teams looking to trade up to the sixth overall pick. Miami is considering such a move out of the spot. So... Uh, that would be interesting. Uh, they've been very, very active. They got a bunch of draft capital coming up for the next few years in the draft, but it looks like that they're not done wheeling and dealing, and if a team comes at them with the right offer, they're willing to come up off that number six spot. Now, I'm not saying the Raiders should do that, but it'll be interesting to see if any team indeed does do that. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk all things NFL draft and how the Raiders desperately need to hit this one out of the park. And I'm not saying everyone they draft has got to be a Hall of Famer or, you know, a multi-time Pro Bowler, but, man, they've got to get some dudes. They've got to come away with this draft with some real deal players, and we'll talk about that coming up in segment number two. I did want to tell you that the Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL draft from all angles. So if you're a draft junkie, you can catch up to – Everything NFL draft related. The ultimate mock draft presented by Odyssey. That one is a heck of a draft. That one's a heck of a mock draft. Plus, follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more information about our live NFL draft coverage. That's all coming your way. So that's all things NFL draft related. I also wanted to tell you about betonline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts for everything that you could think of sports related. If it's baseball, if it's hockey, if it's basketball, I mean, they got UFC, they got boxing, no matter what the sport is, they've got you covered. So you can get your gamble on. All you got to do is open up a free account today at betonline.ag. When you do open up your free account and you make your first deposit, use the promo code locked on you'll get a 50% welcome bonus just like that. So if you put $200 in, use the promo code locked on, you're going to get an extra $100 on top of that to get your gamble on with. Again, betonline.ag, check them out on social media at betonline underscore ag. Take advantage of all the best bonuses 
in the business. BetOnline.ag. Check them out today to get all your gambling needs. Again, they are your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about the 2021 NFL Draft and why it's so important that the Raiders just do a really good job, their best job. I'm not saying they've got to up and down the roster, have a bunch of Hall of Famers, have a bunch of Pro Bowlers, but you've got to give me a couple starters. Give me a couple starters. I think you should get a couple starters in the first four picks since they're in the first three rounds. I just think that that's something that you should do. You got pick 17 in the first round, pick 48 in the second round, pick 79 and 80 in round three. Out of those four picks right there, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that you get two starters. I really don't. And if you look back at the history of the Raiders drafts, they're not consistently getting two, three starters out of their draft class. 2019, uh, I thought was a really good class. Clee Farrell, I know he hasn't lived up to the, the billing right now, but I think he has an opportunity to, to continue to play really well. Josh Jacobs, we already know he's a real deal player. Jonathan Abram, he's got room to grow, but he's got to hurry up and get on his horse and make it happen. Trayvon Mullen, starter. Max Crosby plays starter starter snaps. He plays all the time. Isaiah Johnson, still a question. Would like to see him get some more burn, but he's got to take that next step. Foster Moreau, he's interesting. Fourth-round pick, tight end out of LSU. Uh, now that Jason Witten's gone, he'll probably get some more burn. Hunter Renfro, third and Renfro. We know he's always out there a lot. Quentin Bell, not on the team. But for the most part, man, their 2019 draft class, very, very solid. And not to mention, everybody but Quentin Bell is still on the team. That means something. But, man, oh, man, you go to 2018, Colton Miller just got the contract extension. Cool. P.J. Hall, gone. Brandon Parker, he's a turnstile. He's still on the roster, but he's a turnstile. Arden Key, Arden Key, gone. Nick Nelson, gone. Mo Hurst, gone. Johnny Townsend, gone. Azeem Victor, gone. Marcel Aitman, career practice squad guy. Just doesn't, you know, just doesn't get it. He doesn't, can't figure it out. Can't take that next step. He's a guy who's probably going to be practice squad guy at best. Even if you want to go back all the way to 2017 before Gruden returned, and of course, a couple years before Mayock got there, Gary on Conley, gone. Obi Melanfamu, gone. Eddie Vanderdose, gone. David Sharp, gone. Markel Lee, gone. Shalom Luani, gone. Jalen Ware, gone. Elijah Hood, gone. Trayvon Hester, gone. Half those cats ain't even in the league. <laughs> you know what I mean? Think about that. And and the Raiders, I mean, and Raider fans, and I've been guilty of this as well, you know, we don't see enough real quality talent that the Raiders bring in by way of the draft. So when a guy leaves that has been drafted by the Raiders, it's almost like we're so attached because, oh, man, he was really good. Or he was good to what we, our standards are. Like Carl Joseph, when he left in 20, not 2016, but when he left, he was drafted in 2016. But when he left last year, there was people that were up in arms. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he let Cujo go. You can't let Cujo go. Well, what'd he do? He went to Cleveland, and now he's back. He went to Cleveland, and on a one-year deal, he was a guy that was there for depth purposes only, and they decided they didn't want to resign him. So, yeah, he was okay to Raider standards, but he wasn't great. Just like Mo Hurst, he gets released the other day, and everyone's up in arms, and people tell me, oh, you're wrong about him. He was decent but he wasn't great he wasn't a difference maker he wasn't someone that you just had to hold on to that you knew that guy is going to be a reason why your defense is really good they need to get guys like that guys that if they were to lose them it's a big stinking deal a big deal you know i mean even look let's look at the 2020 draft henry ruggs question mark arnett question mark Bowden jr no longer on the roster brian edwards um you know he looks like he has potential but he got to be on the field tanner muse never got on the field john simpson he's depth he might get a little bit more burn this year on that offensive line, but right now he's depth. And Amik Robertson never got on the field. as Well, he got on the field, but not as much as a lot of Raider fans would like. And when he did get on the field, didn't really look like he was comfortable yet. So he still has some room to grow. But at the same time, 
fourth round pick. All those guys are still on the roster outside of Lynn Bowden Jr. So at least I feel like they have room to grow. They have an opportunity to grow. But if you look at those guys in the 2020 draft, who's the difference maker right now? Who's the difference maker? Ruggs, Arnett, maybe. But you don't know that. We don't know. So they need to have, the Raiders that is, need to have a draft that's way more similar to 2019. They got eight picks so far without any moving and shaking. You've got to come away with some difference makers. You've got to come away with some starters. You've got to come away with some guys that you believe in. You know, I got hit up uh, uh, on Twitter by my guy T. Wolvie, and he says, I want to say that the Raiders, they hear the chatter of how reckless they've been with the five first-round picks that they had the last two years. But my gut now tells me that they're actually going to move up in the draft because they want a surefire pick. Ultimately, a great pick will be there at 17. I have Raider draft PTSD, LOL. And I think that a lot of Raider fans, if you're honest with yourself, you feel the same way. You've got draft PTSD because we talk about it all offseason long, who a really good addition would be, how this guy could fit into the defense and be a heck of a player. And we've talked so many names. We've thrown so many names out there. Uh, I went with Christian Derisaw. I've gone with Micah Parsons. I've talked about Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Talked about Trayvon Merrick. We've talked about Tevin Jenkins. We've t- I mean, there's guy after guy. Quiddy Pay's another guy people have talked about. There's so many guys that Raider fans, Raider Nation is throwing out there that would be great additions and this is why he fits in that Gus Bradley defense this is why he'd be great on offense you know and we've heard all kind of names but it just seems like when it comes to time to draft when push comes to shove and the Raiders make a pick everyone looks around each other like what just happened there what just happened and you know nothing against Cleve Farrell my guy in in 2019 was Quentin Williams that's who I thought that the Raiders would take and if not him then I thought Devin White would have been great I still think Devin White would have been great. Regardless of what anyone says, I still think Devin White would have been a great pick at number four for the Raiders. Instead, they went with Cleve Farrell. And I think that they would like to have traded back, but they didn't have the opportunity, so they picked him anyway, which I can respect it because they stuck to what they believe in. But at the same time, Cleve Farrell so far is not a difference maker. Good player, not a difference maker. Can he get better? I'm sure. You know, if he's going to move in on the inside this year, which I think he will, I think Gus Bradley's going to have him playing more on the inside, maybe that's going to help out. But... Ultimately, I don't think the Raiders drafted him at number four to play inside. I, I just don't. But again, I mean, that's, that's kind of second-guessing that same pick. Also, there was an article that came out, and I know that a lot of people have talked about it. It was on NFL.com, talked about uh, the GMs across the NFL, and basically was ranking uh, all the GM, general manager power rankings. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, he, he made it. He made this list, and he didn't do – he did one through 23, and then after that – he, uh, he said that the other guys didn't have, he called them the newbies, that they didn't have enough experience, enough time there where he could judge them and actually put them in there, you know, in the conversation. But he did do one through 23. And who came in 23rd? The Raiders. And, and that's how the rest of the league looks at it. I'm not saying Greg Rosenthal is the end-all, be-all as far as, you know, being able to be the, the judge and the executioner on, on if the Raiders really do rank 23rd in, in GM. But that's just kind of from the outside looking in, that's, that's how he sees them. And he said this is the reason why. He said the best pick was Josh Jacobs, round one, number 24 overall in 2019. Worst pick, Lynn Bowden Jr., round three, number 80 overall in 2020. And Rosenthal goes on to say, I'm counting Gruden's first draft in this exercise because he had the final say. Even since Mike Mayock's arrival, the Raiders have taken five first-round draft picks the last two years. The best player is running back Josh Jacobs. Mayock's first draft class looked a lot better before the 2020 season when Crosby, Mullen, and Jacobs all took a step back. And look, I don't hold that against them. I think that they played well. I think Mullen could play a little bit better, but he did have a couple interceptions in 2020. 
Crosby, uh, he ended up becoming like a full-time starter, and I think that actually more snaps was worse for him. I think he can get more out of less, uh, and I think that's what he's going to be asked to do this season. And uh, so I, I don't really say that they took a major step back, but then he goes on to say first-round safety Jonathan Abrams' aggressiveness was used against him in his first healthy season. Taking Henry Ruggs first among all receivers in a deep class last April was a big big risk that didn't pay off in year one. Selecting Cleve Farrell at number four overall in 2019 was a similarly big swing that's been fouled off so far. I like Mullen in 2020 first round corner, Damon Arnett more than most. But the Raiders' vision for many other players has yet to be realized. Arnett could be really good. And the Raiders were very high on Arnett coming out of training camp last year. He's got to find a way to stay on the on the field. He's got to stay healthy, uh, and he's got to be able to pick up the scheme. Uh, again, I think with the signing of Rasul Douglas that they did on Monday, I think that's going to provide some extra competition for Arnett there on the outside. And, and worse come to worse, I think he can kick on the inside if, if need be. So uh, I kind of like how that situation is shaping up, and I think Trayvon Mullen needs to take a step forward in year three. Remember, guys like him, Guys like Crosby, guys like Hunter Renfro, uh, guys like uh, Foster Moreau, those guys are all four-year contract guys. They're not first-round picks. They don't have a fifth-year option. Renfro, Moreau, Johnson, Crosby, Mullen, all those guys, the Raiders are going to have to make a decision quick, fast, and in a hurry what they're going to do with them. Are they going to keep them around? Are they going to let them walk when they hit free agency? Are they going to make them play out their fourth year and then try to hold on to them before they you know, hit the open market? I mean, there's a lot of questions. And then you're going to have to wonder what the Raiders decide to do with Cleve Farrell and Jonathan Abram Josh Jacobs as far as fifth-year options. They've got to be able to find guys that they can keep around. You know, I went through the 2018 draft and said how, how there's nobody there from the Raiders except for Colton Miller and Brandon Parker. And, and that's, that's not good. You've got to be able to replenish that cupboard, man. You've got to be able to, and this is what the real good teams do. They, they get guys, they pick them rounds one through seven, and they're able to find talent in each round and then hold on to them, develop them. If they choose to, you know, reward them with a big time contract. Great. If they don't have uh, you know, extra players coming up behind them that they can replace them with, they'll reward them with the contract. Or if they feel comfortable in letting them walk because there's more talent behind them, they'll do that. Right now, the Raiders aren't in that kind of position. They just really aren't. And that's why you see them going out making all these one-year deals that they're making with these veteran guys that they did like on the defensive line. They signed so many dudes because they don't have the depth. Just don't have the depth because they're not getting it done in the draft. So if you have eight picks and four of them in the first three rounds, like Mike Mayock said a year ago, man, having three first-round picks – Having three third-round picks is is like stealing. Those ought to be ought to be starters. Tanner Muse didn't get on the field at all. Maybe he can show to be somebody this year. You know, apparently, according to Vinny Bonsignor, he's he's uh, you know put on some weight, put on some muscle. He's eager to get out there on the field and show what he can do. I know he had that winning pedigree when he was at Clemson, so maybe he can be uh, a dude. You know, maybe he could be a real deal player. But uh, it's 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 still. To be determined. He's got to get out there on the field and show him. We won't know anything until training camp and really won't know anything until the regular season starts. But it's very, very imperative for the Raiders, Mike Mayock, and John Gruden to come out of this draft, in my opinion. I really want to get greedy and say three starters, but at this point, I'll take two. <laughs> I really will. I'll take two. I don't think that they've had three starters since, what, the 2014 draft with Khalil Mack? Khalil Mack was a starter. Derek Carr was a starter. Gabe Jackson was a starter. That was when they got three starters out of their draft. That was in 2014. Um, Justin Ellis played a lot. Keith McGill, uh, he got a little burn. TJ Carey ended up getting some burn. Shelby Harris was pretty good. Jonathan Dowling didn't do anything. But, yeah, three starters right there. Three quality starters on top of that. I mean, in 2013, they had DJ Hayden. It was forced to be a starter. He wasn't very good. Uh, C.O. Moore ended up becoming a starter. Latavius Murray at some point became a starter. I like I Tay-Tay. Tay Train, he was a good dude. 
Um, Mandalik Watson, it was terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? 2015, Cooper, starter. Mario Edwards Jr., he started for a while, but he was terrible. Clive, Clive Walford, he was good. Feliciano ended up being a starter at some point. You know, but just nothing that really just stands out to you. 2016, Carl Joseph, starter. Jahad Ward, not so much. Shalit Calhoun, not so much. Connor Cook, not so much. DeAndre Washington, not so much. Vidal Alexander, not so much. Corey J. I mean, you know, it's just, it's a lot of not so much. The Raiders need a lot more of really good, real deal players. I would love to see them do that this year in the draft with the eight potential draft picks that they have as of right now. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Uh, just kind of talking about the draft and how important it is for the Raiders to come away with some real deal players and some real deal talent. Some couple starters at least. Two to three starters they need to come out of this draft with. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. 707-654-4693 and we've been talking a lot about the, the draft. Well, don't forget the ultimate mock draft presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening right now. This one is huge. This is the monster Locked On draft that I was telling you about. The one that I was kicking myself for going and picking Christian Derisaw. You got to check this out, man. This is like a major, major event that the Locked On Network and Odyssey has come together like butt cheeks to put out, man. It's really, really cool uh, analysts. There's all kind of NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason Lacanfora, Brian Baldinger, all the local experts for every team making trades, picking the next stars for their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or where Wherever you get your podcast, Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And, uh, yeah, go check it out, man, because it's really, really cool. I also wanted to tell you about a really cool sponsor, great sponsor here of the Locked On Raiders podcast, and that is rockauto.com. They've been serving auto park customers online for over 20 years. They're a family business. What you need to do, go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they've got everything. Engine control parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. doesn't matter what you got, a classic car, a car you drive every day. All your parts that you need are a few easy clicks away, and they're delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com, the catalog is unique, super easy to navigate. You check out all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brand, specifications, and most importantly, the prices that you prefer. That's right, the prices at RockAuto.com are super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com, check out all the parts available for your car or truck, and there's a little box that says, how'd you hear about us? Right, Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that I sent you. Great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car's ever going to need at rockauto.com. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. First call today is from Jordan in Oregon. He's actually calling about Monday's show and the message that I was trying to send along on the show, and he explains why he enjoyed it. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan in Oregon. Just got done listening to your Monday edition. Locked On Raiders here. Uh, love the podcast Monday. Love the message. That's actually what got me wanting to call in this morning on my uh, commute to the job site is I'm a 34-year-old man, and uh, I just started, you know, honestly acting my age probably about six years ago. And so, you know, your point of, you know, look back at your life. Have you ever made a mistake? I think, Q, your podcast you have Monday, could that could speak to every walk of life. I mean, if we're all just sitting here trying to point the finger at, you know, 
flaws that we've had in the past. That's you're, you're not you're not going to thrive in life, and you're you're honestly you're not being honest with yourself because we've all had moments. I don't care who you are that you're not you're not let's say proud of, and uh, that's how that's how you build in life, and that's how you move on and you become mature. And so with with Marquette, I think that's exactly what's going on is he's got a second shot here to kind of rewrite his story and whether he does that or not you know it's entirely up to him as it should be but I love the message uh Q and you're always really good at kind of bringing a message uh from football and and a lot of times a lot of these morals and lessons relate to our lives too and I think that's really cool um on a football note I wanted to say you know, I've been thinking a lot about the defense and getting pretty excited about Gus Bradley's system. Um, one thing I was kind of looking at, you is the linebackers in this draft. And just, you know, I know that there's some a few bigger names that we've talked about already uh, that look like potential first-rounders, but I've seen a lot of writing that that uh, people think it's not a real deep linebacker class. And I just didn't know if, if your thoughts are, would you be surprised if the Raiders went with a linebacker in the first round? And is there some players uh, like the stud on Notre Dame, or I know there's a few of them out there. Is there some players that you'd feel comfortable with them taking at 17 if they were sitting there? Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that, man, and hopefully you have a great week. And, again, really love your podcast Monday. I appreciate everything you do for us. Take it easy, Q. There he goes, Jordan in Oregon. I'm glad you appreciated that uh, that message on Monday. That was really the whole point of the show. You know, I was really trying to get to the fact that we've all been there, done that. Oh, there was a time where we all were big dummies. I know for sure I was. I had plenty of moments where I was a big dummy. And the, the good thing about it is I'm able to share those messages uh, with others that hope that, you know, I can help them along the way. If it's not, if it's with my kids, tell them, you know, hey, this is what I did. Don't do that. I, I just think that that's important, man. Share that, share that knowledge that you have. Like uh, others probably tried to tell us and we were too hard-headed or at least myself I was too hard-headed to listen you have to kind of experience some things and so you know that's really all I was trying to say some people appreciated and picked up on it some people thought I was insane and that's okay that's all right I'm okay with that as far as defense goes and a linebacker in the first round uh yeah I mean I think Michael Parsons Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa those linebackers are legit they could definitely go in round one I would take Parsons over Koromoa if they're uh, but I think both can really be worthy of the number 17 spot if the Raiders chose to go that route, which still makes me blow my mind when it comes to that ultimate mock draft that I've been talking about, why I went with Christian Derisaw, except for the fact that I was trying to think like the Raiders instead of just thinking like myself. But either way, you look at it. Who knows? We'll see what they do at number 17 overall. But thank you for that call, man. Appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Raider Rick out of Louisville. He says, hey, Q, this is Raider Rick out of Louisville. I can sum up my feelings with respect to the upcoming draft in one word, comfortable. That probably sounds like I'm losing my mind or maybe I really don't understand what the draft is, but I'm not comfortable because I know the Raiders are guaranteed to make quality picks. I'm actually comfortable because I know that they won't. It's just going to be another year hearing names that basically don't make any sense. Don't get me wrong. The first round pick might, and I have to emphasize might, make sense, but we all know what the picks in the later rounds will have. Everyone from Mel Kuyper Jr. to Daniel Jeremiah scratching their heads and looking like they just came off a three-day bender. I know it's like I know the Raiders are my favorite team today, tomorrow, and until I die. It's just the way it is right now, Q. I love the podcast. Love the Raiders. Just win, baby. That's from Raider Rick in Louisville. And you know what? I think his text message, you could sum up to everything that I talked about in segment number two. And the reason he feels like that is everything I said in segment number two. So you can't really, I won't, scratch my head and say, oh, Rick, you're tripping. As I totally understand, all the names that I brought up in segment number two, all the conversation I had in segment number two basically goes back 
to the text from Raider Rick out of Louisville, basically saying, hey, I'm not comfortable because I know the Raiders are going to make some bad decisions because that's kind of basically what they always do. Thank you so much for that text. Next up is a call from Ivan Davis out of Oakland. He's calling to give his overall Raiders mock draft. He made a bunch of trades to get the whole thing going. Traded up to six, kept pick 17, 43, 79, 80, and more. Here is Ivan Davis from Oakland explaining his Raiders mock draft. Hello, this is ADA Ivan Davis, and I just wanted to uh, go over a mock draft that uh, I did that was near perfect according to uh, pro football focus. By the way, I tweeted it to you in case you didn't see it. Uh, first of all, I made, I traded two first round picks to go move up to the number six draft, and I did not trade my number 17 pick. I traded two picks next year, and I drafted Jalen Waddle of Alabama. With number 17, I drafted Micah Parsons, linebacker. The only reason I didn't draft an offensive lineman because this particular draft, they were all taken. Everybody you named went as soon as the quarterbacks went. And so he was left. Again, pick number 43, Liam Eckelberg, tackle. I took the best available tackle. Okay, uh, with 79, I got Jamar Johnson, safety. And pick 80, I got another guard. Kendrick Green. And then after after this, I was I was thinking more like special teams players that could double it, maybe get lucky. Uh, one twenty one, Jamin Davis. Uh, I didn't get a good rating on him. I got a C plus, but like I said, this is special teams at this point. Uh, Jalen Darden, wide receiver out of North Texas, at one sixty two, one sixty seven. Shakur Brown, cornerback out of Michigan State, and at two hundred, safety. Jamin Sherwood. Overall draft grade was a B. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven A's. Some B's and some C's. I got a D as far as the trade, but who cares? I was being aggressive. So there you go. Would love your opinion of you and everybody else in the Raider Nation on what you think. There goes Ivan Davis right there calling out of Oakland, and he said ADA. Does that mean, like, uh, assistant district attorney? Is that That's how you say it, right, assistant district attorney? I don't know. I feel like I'm getting my law and order SVU on right now. Either way, man, uh, is that like you're working with uh, ADA Barbo? <laughs> that's his name, right? I don't know. I love me some law and order SVU. Anyway, getting back to your draft, man, let me get focused. Uh, you traded all the way up to six and took Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. I mean, now that's a hell of a, a move, and that's a hell of a player. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I think that the Raiders are going to continue to address the wide receiver position. I think they're going to continue to address weapons on offense. I don't know if they're going to trade all the way up to number six, which is where Miami's at right now, uh, to go get him. But, I mean, that would be a heck of a player. You want to talk about aggressive. You're right. That is aggressive. And then still being able to double down and keep number 17 and go with linebacker Micah Parsons. That's huge. That would be huge. Uh, number four, th- 43, offensive tackle Liam Eikenberg. That would be big as well. Uh, safety, Jamar Johnson. I mean, you want to talk about some players. You got some players there. Uh, you got Ke- guard Kendrick Green, and, and then, like you said, you got some special team guys as well. Yeah, I mean, that's, in theory, is a heck of a draft, but I just don't know if if it's realistic. You know, and the other thing I want to uh, go ahead and throw in there, and I hadn't thought about this. I actually saw someone uh, going back and forth on Twitter with uh, Vinny Bonsignor on, on Raider Nation Radio 920. Vinny had thrown out some scenario, basically trading next year's first-round pick and the year after that. And somebody pointed out, 
Uh, I think it was uh, Vegas Surfing Bob or something like I forget who it is on Twitter. But anyway, he's a cool dude. Um, he said that, yeah, but the draft is in Vegas next year. You got to have a first-round pick or for the fans that are going to be in attendance. And I know that that sounds trivial, but he's not wrong. <laughs> I've been at drafts where the team that's hosting the draft doesn't have a first-round pick, and it is not pretty. The fans are super angry. I mean, it's it's one of those scenarios where the Raiders would not want to not have a first-round pick, and they're hosting the draft next year. They definitely would not want that scenario. So that is something to think about. But um, uh, as far as just being aggressive and going out and getting some playmakers, like I said in segment number two, you did that, man. You absolutely did that. But, uh, yeah, let me know. And I didn't see it on Twitter either. Uh, let me know what your Twitter name is or, or your at Twitter handle is because I didn't see it. I was looking for it on Monday evening, and I didn't see it. So uh, let me know what it is so I can I can find it. Uh, thank you so much for that call. Uh, I got time for one text, and we'll get it from Raider Boone. He said, well, I think we have identified the problem with this. Raider team, they voted to sit on their ass and not to get better. I have been to 243 games, never again. It's just about the money for the majority of the players. I know how hard you work, Q. I've been working 60 hours a week since this thing started, and I have conditions that make me high risk. I'm sure that they could care less about the people that put a roof over their head or food in their mouths. Thanks for all you do. I will listen to the show, but nothing else. Looks like 2017 all over again. That's from a very angry Raider Boone, and he's talking about the Raiders uh, deciding as a team not to go to the voluntary workouts, and I think that that is probably a little bit of an overreaction. I totally understand where you're coming from, and yeah, I mean, I work hard, and you work hard, and I think most of the majority of America works hard. These guys ultimately have the decision if they want to go in for voluntary workouts or not. Some of them are going to go in because they have conditions in their contract that say that they're going to get paid a lot of money to do it, and others just won't, and they'll say it's not worth it to them. And I, I think that that rubs Gruden the wrong way. I think that rubs Mayock the wrong way. But ultimately, I mean, it's voluntary for a reason. You can't really get too upset about voluntary. Now, if they don't show up to mandatory minicamp and they are talking about, well, we don't need to be here for this, that, and the other, well, then that's another that's another scenario. But I think for voluntary workout, as long as it's called voluntary, I don't think you can get too up in arms when guys decide not to I don't know, go show up because, again, it's voluntary. It's almost like me and you going to work voluntarily. Like, you know, I could probably go in. I could probably convince my bosses to let me go do a radio show on Saturday, but should I? <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll probably let me do it for free because they're cheap like that. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that's great. More local programming on Saturday? Yeah, that's cool. But at the same time, like, am I getting anything out of it? I mean, that might have even been a good uh, um, analysis. But anyway, I tried to. I tried to break it down. You get what I'm saying. Voluntary is voluntary. As long as it's called voluntary, it doesn't mean that you have to show up. So I understand your frustration, but I think that after some time sets in, I think you'll come on back and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll join the dark side again. Uh, I do appreciate you reaching out, though. And that's all I really got time for on today's show. Uh, I got two texts from two different Sean's that I want to get to on tomorrow's show. Sean Mann from the Quad Cities, also Sean from Sacramento. And uh, who knows? We'll have more news and notes of the day. And uh, maybe tomorrow, Mel Kuyper Jr., the breakdown of his uh, latest conference call, talking about the draft. Maybe not. Maybe I'll have a conversation with Vinny Bonsignor. Maybe I'll have a conversation with Steve Cofield from ESPN Las Vegas. Not too sure what tomorrow's going to bring, but either way, we'll be here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast making it happen. Make sure you check out the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. That's happening right now. It's really, really cool. A lot of hard work went into it, so make sure you check that out. And we'll be back here tomorrow doing what we do, talking Raider football. So until then, Raider Nation, stay safe. Uh, do what you got to do. Take care of your family. Love on your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.